0: Do you know a woman who is driving positive change, growth, or innovation in her organization or community? The second annual Success Women of Influence Awards are underway. So whether a friend, a family member, or peer, give the recognition she deserves. The Success Women of Influence Awards
1: honor, celebrate, and empower the extraordinary women whose contributions
0: have impacted their industries and their communities and the personal and professional lives of those in their world. Visit success.com slash W-O-I to nominate the women of influence in your life today. If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host,
1: Karen Allen. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of In The Details. I'm your host, Karen Allen, and today I'm joined by Dina Patton. She's an elite business coach and transformational speaker who's worked with thousands of purpose-driven business owners and world-changing leaders around the globe. Dina helps her clients become great leaders who are building great companies, and she does this through a world-class methodology that helps you to elevate your systems, your marketing, and your revenue. But it also helps you transform the limiting beliefs, overwhelm, negative thoughts, and any bad habits that are holding you back and holding your business back from growth. Let's get in the details with Dina. Hey, Brent, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Well, for everyone who is going to see glimpses of our real, I mean, your background is so bossy. I love this greatness <laughs> game. She believed she could. So she did all things yes. that I subscribe to. I love it. I love it. Yes.
0: <laughs> I believe in words, words matter, words create our world. And I just love words in an affirming way. And so my office is covered in positive words. Absolutely,
1: I feel very much that. Well, first of all, I have like my prayer wall. It's like right yes. behind my. So <laughs> good. Sometimes it's in my closet. Sometimes it's in the office. I mean, I have words everywhere. But it's important because that's what helps our attention to stay mm-hmm. focused on our goals and the goodness that we're looking to attract into our life. So I love it. You're surrounded by it all. <laughs> yes, it's so good. Now that plays right into one of the things that I feel like is probably. One of the core pillars of your business, which is mindset. This is a world that I live in. And the more people explore their own journey of personal growth, the more they are exposed to strategies, you know, that help our mindset. But I'm interested, you've been in this world for over two decades now. What was your mindset like at the beginning of your journey, establishing yourself as an entrepreneur and wanting to help others? What was it like figuring out, okay, how am I going
0: to do this thing? It's such a good question because in our journey, we never start and end in the same place, right? So for me, I, uh, sh- I started really this journey back when I moved to New York City at 21. And as I say in my book, I lived 27 years in my smallness. And that's a a life where and smallness is not bad and greatness is not good. I don't put them in those contexts. Smallness is just smallness. It's the smaller version of you, the scared version of you. And um for me, although I got I moved myself from Phoenix to New York, uh, the first business that I owned was Fear Rand. And I ran it really always thinking I have to work for anybody that. Hires me because I was fearful of the next client not coming, right? So I didn't trust my systems. I didn't trust my marketing. I just was in the survival. It's very much of a survival mindset. And it took a minor stroke at 27 for me. I call it my blessed interruption. It rocked my world. I had an award winning marketing agency. I was just figuring myself out and, uh, this happened at a time where i think just god went girl you are using your gifts in the wrong ways <laughs> and i really spent that year of reflection and recovery i had to learn how to speak again and now i make my living speaking on stages speaking and coaching and i had to really get a hold of my mindset my life my habits my uh self care which didn't exist back then uh which was part of the reason why i was living in the the level of survival and stress that i was living in at the time uh it ended up in that stroke so it you know got me it it got me results that smallness mindset got me results it got me to new york it but it was always from a place of fear and survival and Doubting myself and then believing in myself and then doubting in myself, right? All of that like yo-yo-ness. And in the year of recovery, I hired a coach and it was the first time. I mean, this is, this is in 2000. And it really was my first time that I really stopped my life and reflected who do I need to be? What do I need to believe? What new habits do I need to create? And what is my new path going to be? And so, So in doing that, I came out the other side, opening this coaching and training company. And fast forward to later in your your question there is it was about five or six years into this, I started this business as a business coaching and consulting business. And I coached people in their systems and in their marketing and sales. And what I realized in working with the first six years of clients was there is something bigger at play here in people's success or lack of success. And I really put my research hat on and I started to really understand there is mindset and there's beliefs here that play out in business that if you don't address, I can put all the systems in place, they'll sabotage them. I can put all the most amazing sales and marketing things in place. They'll not use them, right? Because of their mindset and their beliefs. And so I did about five years of research in why do people, why do people have access to a greatness mindset? And some people don't. And what that research came out to be is my methodology in my mindset work and i created a framework of how to shift people from smallness survival mindset to a greatness mindset and so i've been now teaching and speaking on it for about 10 years but it it took my own process of doing it and then a lot of research and interviewing people and data research and really understanding the heart of success is mindset mm-hmm. and once we understand that Then you can put everything else in order, the team, the process, the systems, the branding, the marketing, right? But I'm telling you, we never outdo or outsell our mindset. And if you don't have that, everything, it's like a domino. It just falls Mm -hmm. down. So that's the short version of how I got to what I coach now.
1: Yes, I love that. And so I realized in my own journey that a lot of the mindset will say, actually a lot of the, the lens in which I was seeing life. Now this is before mm-hmm. I decided to explore personal growth. You know, I wasn't looking, I never thought I would be a speaker or a coach or any of this. It was just my own journey being like, I need to get my life on track yeah. in a way that's very intentional. So you may have this desire to do so, but then there are other things that play into how that actually pans out. Mm-hmm. One of them being our upbringing, right? hmm the way that the environment, uh, the people that we were around, you know, education, vacations, all, all of these different things. Parents impact. beliefs. <laughs> correct. Correct. Right. And so as you started to dive into that and you realize that, okay, I, I need to get my stuff together and I and I do want to help other people. How do we start to unpack the stuff from our
0: past yes. so it doesn't get in the way of the future we're trying to build? So good. And you just framed it perfectly. And because we just carry around that past, and then, but we're trying to create new results and a new future. And maybe we have this vision or these dreams, but we're just carrying around that past with us and the old beliefs. And what I say, you know, the the old self, old mindset, old beliefs will never, it got you here, but it won't get you there, right? It won't get you to that big version. And when we're trying to go after that big vision in our business, or we're going after certain revenues or a goal or whatnot, what I say is the smallness mindset will never get you there. You have to start to shift to the greatness mindset. And what the barrier in that shift is, that transformation is often our past, right? It's like, well, my parents didn't raise me to say that or do that, or my mother had a horrible relationship with money and you know you get 18 years of narrative of we don't have money for that and people like us don't have things like that like you just you can think of i think everyone's thinking of the different narratives that they got from their mother or their guardian or their father or maybe it was a grandparent that just then created a belief so what i say is the toxic smallness thought becomes your toxic smallness truth And we carry that truth around for 20 years or 30 years until you learn how to come out of agreement with it. You know, Mm. it's so that's the heart of my framework is you have to identify the smallness truths that you have, right? It might come from your own belief that you created when you were 22 or 18 or seven. It might have come from your mother or father. But the point is, is there as a smallness truth that you are in agreement with, like I didn't go to college, so I can only earn $50,000. I, you know, got divorced. So now I am unlovable, right? Like you can just go on and go on. Right. Mm -hmm. So whatever that smallness thought is becomes our smallness truth. And then we carry that around and that then you know, is how we lead and how we speak and how we do things because that's our belief, right? So I have worked with thousands of entrepreneurs that put this invisible revenue ceiling on themselves. Like, I'm going to get my business to $200,000. And then they hit that. And that's as far as it'll go because that is where they put their mindset. That is what they have nominated themselves to be worth. And they can't grow above that. Like I said, we never outsell our mindset. So wherever you put your mindset, that's probably what you're producing in results. Mm -hmm. So getting back to past work, you know, whether it's working with a coach, working with a therapist, doing your own healing work, you have to understand there's probably two to four main beliefs that you have in place that are limiting you that are keeping you trapped in your, sur- your your survival, your smallness, and you can't make that shift. So it does take work it, and it's not like a minute, right? Mm-hmm. We both know it took me years mm-hmm. to come out of agreement and do the work, the inner work of coming out of agreement with those narratives of childhood, the limiting thoughts that I had in beliefs that I had and create new thoughts and new beliefs that then I put my agreement around and put my life around and stood for, and then created my actions aligned with those new beliefs, which mm-hmm. is key. Mm-hmm. How, but how do you start to break the agreements? Yeah. You have to break the agreements, create new agreements, then create actions that are aligned to the new agreements. And most people don't know that pattern and don't know how to do that. And that's why we just get continually stuck in smallness and keep going backwards. Like we have a hope. Have you ever done this? Like where you have this greatness thought or this greatness goal and you're like, okay, I'm going to build this business or I'm going to go after that big client. And it lasts for maybe a day or a week or maybe a month. And then all of a sudden something happens and boom, you're back in the smallness thoughts. right? it's because you never broke up with it. It's like, keep going back to the to the bad boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, that is not good for you, but yeah, keep going back. <laughs> so we don't want to keep going back to it's destructive and toxic and negative, and it doesn't get you where you want to go. And so it's a process and you have to find your process, find your you're there's So now there's so many companies out there that does this work, transformation work, you know, belief breaking, whether again, it's coaching or therapy or books, workshops. But the point is you're doing the work. And as long as you're doing the work and you're starting to identify those things, you can start to make that shift. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And it's a process.
1: Yeah. And so have you found any techniques either that worked for you or clients in breaking those agreements?
0: Well, my, for for me, I did many back when I was doing this work initially and I got introduced to it. You know, I think a lot of people don't even know it's possible. You know, I know for me, let me talk about, you know, for me, I just thought these are, this is the life and this is the hand I was dealt this is the way I am. This right? is the way I, I am to that. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't know that I could shift mindset. I didn't know I could shift agreements. I didn't know I could shift behavior and habits. Right. But after my stroke, I completely reinvented myself. I created whole new agreements, whole new habits and a framework for my life. And I started to take ownership and responsibility mm-hmm. for my life and my results and who I'm being and how I show up and it was just, i didn't even know i had that power i mean and that's I think, a new agreement in itself isn't that it that is a new agreement <laughs> i did, i was like who knew that we have so much power like you so it was just a really new thought that i have power to really create a life that i wanted and i could mm-hmm. actually go after goals and believe i could do it you know mm-hmm. instead of just hope for it, that it would happen one day so it's it's exciting and i think that you know from tony robbins to oh my gosh there's so many now i mean i think i've done 10 different methodologies in my own training and development mm-hmm. but for me it's it's finding i know some people hate tony robbins some people hate there's landmark education there's every coaching and therapy and books in between that are great, but you have to, this is really important, you have to find the method that works for you. If it's books, dive into books. If it's coaching, dive into coaching. But do it with intentionality and purpose and know that you're going to come out the other side a better version of yourself. Mhm, absolutely. When you do it with intentionality and
1: purpose, it goes back to what you were just saying. Oh, well, I should own my life. I should set the direction. I don't have to just go with what's, you know, been given to me or pre- presented to me. That is absolutely key. That that in itself, like I said, is a new agreement. But I feel like there's there's so much to be said about when we do create new habits as we are trying to create the life or the business that we want to live, that just as much of the effort that you put in To creating new, you have to also put in the effort to let go of the old or to rewire the old or unlearn the things that are not serving you. And, and I mean, we talk about that a little bit. I talk about that a lot because I realize how important that is. And, and it is something that again, when you're looking at personal growth, you're always looking forward, but just to take a little bit of time, you know, Mm -hmm. to look back and just say, Hey, what is that operating system that's been established up until Mm -hmm. this point. Yes. You know, Taking a little bit of inventory, if you will, on what has been circulating and what has put you in this place, that level of awareness in itself is going to help you to get so much more clarity on exactly what you want, because you may not have even realized the default state that you were living in instead of being in that design state.
0: Yes. Default versus design. It's two different worlds. And Mm -hmm. as I say, smallness versus greatness, smallness is total default. It's just, it's very trapping and tingling and it's, and it's Mm fear-based and it's, um, those, you know, smallness agreements. And so, and there's no design there. It's just a lot of default. And, and unfortunately, when we're in that state, we're also in a state, almost a victim because life is happening to us at us, right? And then we're just trying to battle it, right? And, and which is that survival mode. And there's no design in it. There's no responsibility in it. And you can't be responsible and a victim at the same time, right? We want to shift out of life is happening to me and I have no control because my parents did this or I'm from this bad family or I'm this color or I do this for a living and I don't have the ability to do X, Y, Z. Like We can get into narratives that really just limit us versus saying, you know what? This might be a limitation and I'm going to rise above it and I'm going to learn how. How do I overcome this? Being from a dysfunctional family or maybe a family that was broke and didn't model for you, how do you own your gifts and get promotions and start a business or you know, move up in your company. Like you didn't have that model, right? And so you're just winging it and you're learning along the way and trusting yourself in that journey is so important. And that's a journey of greatness saying, I'm going to trust myself and I'm going to learn. I didn't have this model from my parents, right? And I'm going to rise above and I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to learn along the way. And it takes a lot of courage But courage doesn't live in smallness. When we're in survival mode, it is just really safety, survival, comfort. Like that is one game. And I just, you know, for me, I'm on a mission to encourage people to shift to a greatness game, a Mm -hmm. game. This is a game where you are owning your gifts. Everybody has greatness. Everybody has purpose and everybody has gifts. But it's our ability to see them and nurture them and access them and own them that makes the biggest difference. And mm-hmm. in our life, in our parenting, in our business, our career. So it's, it's definitely a journey of courage and the ability, like you said, to let go. You know, when we're learning something new, we're, we're receiving that new information and empowerment and education. But at the same time, we're letting go. It's such a journey of letting go of what doesn't serve us. You know, this this way of being or this belief no longer serves me where I'm going. And the ability to let that go and say, I'm done with that belief, right? Or I'm done with that habit, right? We have to break a lot. We have to break up with a lot of stuff in our life to create a And And that's why it's important to be around. Other people that are doing this. One, one thing I know from my own journey, a lot of clients, friends that are in this journey of their best selves is when you're in a family or a friend group or in a workplace that is negative and toxic and everybody loves being a victim. <laughs> it's just like gossip and negativity and everybody thrives off of that. It's very hard to be the one that's in this new design state and you're playing a greatness game and you're trying to elevate and be the best version of yourself. It's very hard because everybody else is not in that game. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it's important to, you know, whether it's what having a spouse with you, your best friend or a coach or someone in your workplace that is in that journey with you, A, it can be lonely, but those, those, those negative Nellies, they're going to judge your journey and they're going to say, well, who do you think you are? And they put your energy. You yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to doubt it. And it's really easy to say, you know what? This isn't fun and I'm going to lose this friend. So I'm going to give up on myself and just go back to my old self. How many times have we put ourselves on the back burner right? for
1: XYZ. I mean, it's just like fill in the blank of whatever that thing is. We continuously put ourselves on the back burner, which does not honor our greatness. It completely goes against it. All right, friends, we're going to pause for just a quick second to spotlight some folks who support the show. So we'll be back in just a moment. Are you ready to supercharge your life and get access to more opportunities than you've ever dreamed of? Then join me, James Whitaker, in the Win the Day Accelerator. Presented by Success, this entire eight-part program has been created to help you activate your winning life once and for all. You'll gain clarity on your goals and purpose. You'll learn how to quickly overcome challenges, and you'll get proven tips and frameworks that will deliver you big results fast in all areas of your life. So if you're ready to win, join me in the Win the Day Accelerator. To sign up, visit success.com slash WTD. You said something very interesting. I just want to like circle back to really quick. So we cannot be in both survival mode and growth mode at the same time. So if we are in survival mode, honor that, just like Mm -hmm. be aware, maybe you are in survival mode because something has upended your life, right? That's Mm -hmm. okay. That's okay. But when we do shift into that growth mode, it is so much more expansive. Mm -hmm. And I found in my own journey that when I'm in growth mode, uh, I surrender a lot. I have to surrender because there are going to be things that, and it's funny because you're like, yes, and (laughs) you're saying, yes, you might've come from a poor family and you can still, you know, get to that financial space you want to. So I have been in that space where I'm like, I have to be strategic and I have to surrender, right? I have to be intentional. I have to own my life and I have to let go of things that are, you know, so it's like there's all of this happens at once. And i remember there was a point in my entrepreneurial journey where i was literally down to like how am i about to pay this contractor next month Mm -hmm. who's been working with me Mm -hmm. now thankfully i'd read a book and i forget which one it was it was a great business book but at the time it was like this is this is normal right this is this may happen early on especially if you don't have seed money or if you didn't take a loan or anything like that and so Up to that point, though, I had done everything trying to do it by all of these books. The reason I forget the book is because I was reading so many at once. trying to follow all these strategies. So I'm trying 18 different strategies on. And one of the things that I was not taking into account was trusting myself. I don't know everything. So I was very early on. So I did need to learn from the books. But as I was learning, I needed to also fine-tune my intuition to know what was actually going to work for me, what could possibly work. Are there things that maybe I'm not you know, seeing that I just need to be open to? So my question that I'm formulating here is I'm giving you my own backstory is how much does surrender play into the strategy? Because when you are operating again from this growth space You also, you do so with a sense of I'm going to do my best, but I know that there are going to be things that are, are coming across my path, opportunities I don't even see coming my way. And so it's more so of like, let me make sure that I'm in position to be ready for those bigger things that are coming my way, but it's a balance, right? So what advice would you have for somebody who is trying to Figure out how they can, you know, surrender and be strategic in a way that makes sense. Cause I'll tell you, when I did it, it was messy. It's super
0: messy. (laughs) It is messy. And there's a reason I have an and sign behind me because (laughs) and is, you know, sometimes we can limit ourselves by being or, right? I have to be this or I have to be this. And here's the thing. When you're shifting from smallness or survival mode into design mode, greatness mode, there's an intentionality there. There's a commitment of like, I am playing greatness. I am I am stepping into the best version of myself. Now, that is a journey because your mm-hmm. both feet have been in smallness, have been in survival for so long, there's habits there. So of course, like any journey, there it, it gets messy. One, two, you've got to trust yourself and give yourself grace because it is, you're going to have moments where there's crawling and you're like, oh my God, I can't figure this out. Or it's so confronting, or I don't want to give that old belief up, <laughs> you know, there's sometimes I, I call it fight for your smallness. Like I'm trying to help a client through a huge smallness agreement that they have hung onto for a very long time. But they are committed to this greatness game and they have huge things at stake. And they are playing this, but they don't want to let go of that smallness. And they're like, no, mine. <laughs> you know? And it's like, no, no, you gotta let go. <laughs> you gotta let go of that smallness habit to get to that greatness goal, right? So sometimes it is a fight and sometimes it is a crawling and it's messy because you're you're moving behaviors and your're moving beliefs to from one place to another so yes the journey can be and there is part of that is surrender and for me I you know in my Christian faith like there's a lot of God in my journey of just because I come to the end of myself you know every time we evolve and have these big moments of leadership and pressure I mean I gotta I gotta bring God into my journey or I don't I you know if I just relied on myself, it wouldn't go well. It's the same. I'm like faith has been a cornerstone of my journey a hundred
1: percent. Yeah, <laughs> call God, I just call I, universe, whatever you want. You know that there's a higher power that yeah. is working in co-creation with you that sometimes you just
0: gotta let it go. <laughs> you gotta let it go and go, I I came to the end of myself here. I just can't figure this out. And so I do believe in surrender and I believe in messy moments, like not being afraid of the messy moments and not, you know, we try to. Avoid and procrastinate and run from things that are messy and uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, if you are shifting to a greatness game, you got to be ready for the fight. You got to fight just like you fought for your got smallness. To expect the mess. <laughs> expect the mess, right? You got to fight for your greatness. And sometimes that's going to be people in your way or old beliefs in your way. And they're, it, it, that journey is messy, but don't be afraid of the mess. It's okay to be uncomfortable and go, whoa, this, <laughs> this is not what I expected. I, I had no idea it was going to be this hard or this heavy, you know, but it just trust the process of transformation and trust yourself. I, I think a big part of leadership and entrepreneurship, I have been an entrepreneur for 27 years and my first five years, like I said earlier, I, I don't think there was any trust. It was, I have this idea. I know I'm good at this. I'm going to start a marketing and PR agency in New York. And uh, I just started, <laughs> you know, and it on some level, there was trust in there because I, I knew I had the skill set, but it it was just a hot mess, you know, and I just I'm glad that I've always been a systems person because I ended up selling that company mostly because of the systems we had we had a well-oiled machine that they could plug and play into a much bigger company and that's still today a global uh success story and i was able to do that despite my mess right so sometimes we are messy and it still turns out right so allowing yourself the grace of the journey and the shift but the commitment where your eyes are and the commitment is In the greatness gain and just allowing the journey to be the journey as you get there. It's like being on a road trip and, you know, things happen on a road trip, but you know where you're going.
1: Mm -hmm. You've said this a couple of times. I think it's worth unpacking. Trust yourself, trust yourself, right? I've learned in my own journey, there were three things I needed to get really good at. I needed to get to know myself better because again, everybody else's view of what my life should be was being projected on me. And I adopted those different projections. As what I thought my life should be. Yes. So that was the first thing I had to really like get to know myself and not what other people expected of me along the way. I also had to learn how to love myself mm-hmm. and we always put ourselves on the back burner and like, what is, it? this is the closest relationship that you will have is with yourself. Right. So as I went through all of that, what came at the end of it was learning to trust myself. Yes. As I went through this journey of getting to know myself, love myself and trust myself, there were a few things that helped me to refine that. This again, I I feel I haven't talked so much about intuition in my business before as I have recently because I yes. feel like now more people are willing to have this conversation. Yes. But when you are intentionally sharpening your intuition, mm-hmm. that still small voice that connects with your highest self, that also connects with the highest power. Yeah. In doing that, you learn how to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And so there would be moments, honestly, Dina, there was moments where I would do something and I would write it down just to be like, okay, I'm just gonna see where this goes. And it would help me to see when my intuition was right Or maybe when i was trying to think my way and not feel my way to the solution Mm -hmm. and so it was it's definitely a journey right the the relationship with yourself and learning how to trust yourself because as you break these agreements that you have embodied for however long right and as you start to forge a new way that feels very right to you how are you going to know if it feels right or not if you're not trusting yourself to live it out Right, And um, was there anything that you've done in your journey that helped you to learn how to trust yourself more?
0: Uh, So three things come to mind. Hopefully I can translate them pretty quickly. Uh, One boundaries, you know, I think the, as we grow into our best version of ourselves, we get to really understand and get clarity on our boundaries, what we accept and what we don't accept because what we allow continues And I think that we continue with, whether it's allowing other people to do things or ourselves, what you allow continues. So creating boundaries that really honor yourself, honor your faith, honor your journey, honor your greatest version of yourself, right? So boundaries around what is important to you around your time, because we know time is so precious. We don't want to give away our time, our voice, or our money. To things that don't honor what we stand for, right? So boundaries is a big thing. I could talk for days on boundaries and how important, especially if you are a leader or a business owner, these are three things that, it, that a lot of people don't have. And that's why their journey gets very spun out. And so boundaries are big. Two is values, your personal values. But also if you're a business owner, your, Comp, you know, your company values, what you stand for. And values, I think people people who don't understand the power of values don't understand the power of values, and they think, oh, what that, that's stupid. That has nothing to do with my business, right? It has everything to do with your business. Your values are the thing that you stand for, non-negotiables. You hire, fire, and lead by your values. All of my clients, I mean, we every week in our coaching calls. I talk about how are the values upheld this week. Tell me a win around where you saw your values played out in an employee or in an interaction or with a client or whatnot. It is very, very powerful in their leadership. It is alive in their leadership. When you don't have values, what are you standing for? Are you just are you winging it according to your feelings or your idea for the day? Like again. Confusion derails the train, clarity moves the train. And so I just think as business owners, especially if you have employees, they have to have bumpers, right? Like the bumpers keep people clear in what we stand for. When you have no bumpers, those values, people bring their own values. (laughs) And that might be different than your values, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, that employee is going off the rails because they never had values alignment in the first place. So hiring, firing, and leading by values is super, super important. So have four to seven values that um, your company stands for. Personally, you should have three to four values that you stand for, completely non-negotiable. So so boundaries, values. And then the third thing is what I call CEO self-care or a self-care plan. And I'm very passionate about this for leaders and business owners. And this is why. You are the fuel of your results. The results that you are trying to get, your impact, your income, depends on you. And so when you are not getting the fuel to fuel the train, the train is going to run out of fuel. And we know that untreated overwhelm becomes burnout and burnout is a, is real i mean it is a real thing we have got to manage and it's not a one time it's not like oh one time i went and got a massage and i'm good to go that's not self care that's you know an hour of your time <laughs> it is it is very different to have a daily weekly and monthly self care plan that you are responsible for that fuels your mind your body and your spirit. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm very passionate around this. And I have, I actually have some free uh, templates and downloads around how to create a self care plan. Um, just go to amazinggreatness.com and just download them. You could literally start it today. If this is a place where you're failing, flailing, struggling, You don't even remember the last time that you took care of your mind, body, and spirit. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. (laughs) But yeah, I would say go download it. But that's I see that a lot in leadership is people give away their power, their time, their voice, their energy, and then they're left with nothing. And then they go, Well, what what's wrong? You know, well, what's wrong is you didn't take responsibility a self-care plan is just impor- as important as your marketing plan, as your business plan, any plan that you have in your business, it's equal to that. And that's a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, I don't have time for that. Well, check in with me to see, you know, where your results are in a year. I promise you, I've been doing this too long. I've seen so many leaders either get divorced because they've worked themselves to death and now their spouse Said no more, or disease, because overwhelm becomes burnout and burnout can b- become disease, or death. Mm-hmm. It's either death of you, death of someone else that just breaks you. And this is the thing if we are not fueled and we are not keeping ourselves healthy, we become unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And when we're in states of unhealthiness, we're very vulnerable to a crisis breaking us in two seconds. Mm-hmm. All it takes is something like COVID or Maybe someone close to you dying and you're, you. I mean, you're just shattered and you can't recover because you didn't have the strength, right? It takes It takes strength to be a leader and to be a business owner. It's a lot of responsibility. So I just, I use the analogy of a car, a car needs fuel. So it's either electric fuel, we have to plug it in, right? Or gas fuel. And if you don't give that car the fuel, that car will not be effective. It won't go anywhere. It will go nowhere. <laughs> and we, we are that car. So we have to be responsible. And responsibility means that there's a plan in place that we are accountable for. Like one of my non-negotiables is nine hours of sleep. I mean, I could never do what I'm doing. And I have two businesses. I'm speaking on stages. And I'm a mom. And I'm a wife. And church things and friend things. like I just couldn't do it with with 100% passion and being present if I didn't have my self-care. So that's my short version of the three things that I think what they do is they build trust in yourself. When you're taking care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit, what that does is it creates an accountability to self and it's loving yourself, trusting yourself. I can trust myself in the game that I'm playing right now because I'm fueling myself. Like no no negotiation, no kidding. My fueling is a, a big part of my day. Yeah, yeah. And I love how you said we need to
1: integrate it Right. We need to integrate self-care into how we operate. Yeah. And I mean, those three are so good because honestly, when you have those boundaries in place, it's because you are trusting yourself to know what you're not going to tolerate. When you know those values, which I call the guiding compass, yes. you trust yourself because you're using those coordinates, yes. if you will, to make sure that you're staying on track. And then that last piece of fueling yourself. Again, how can you make good decisions if you're not in a healthy space? Right, Those are so good and they're so easy to put into action, right? Yes. Now, yes, consistency, that may be another <laughs> show, but hey, these are things that listener, you can start doing today so that you can activate this deeper trust with yourself. And oh my gosh, Dina this is so good thank you so much so many gems Uh, and so you mentioned that there's a place where our listeners can get a free self-care guide we'll put that in the show notes we'll make sure the link is in the show notes and make sure that you go connect with dina Patton. thank you so much for your time
0: today thank you for having me this has been in the details if you like the show tell a friend for more shows like this Go to success.com slash podcast.